Good Morning Liberty. Well, what is up, all of our Liberty-loving friends? This is another fantastic episode of Good Morning Liberty. My name is Nate Thurston, and I'm the host of this show, I guess. I don't know. Charlie isn't here again today. You know, I always say that I'm by myself, but man, have I been saying that a lot lately. It's just me, but uh, and I considered taking a day off. I really did for, for a couple minutes. I was like, well, you know what? Charlie can't make it, and so maybe I should just take the day off. But that's not going to happen because we have this ridiculous thing that just came out called the Inflation Reduction Act, which is a freaking joke if I've ever heard it. So we're going to go through some of the details of that. And then on top of that, we also got our Q2 GDP number this morning. But first, I have to tell you guys to go to join GML so you can hang out with everyone in the live group and talk to me and Charlie sometimes. While we are doing the show, you can change the direction of the show by whatever you were talking about, because as you can tell, we interact with these people very frequently. And you can um, you can throw in your own dumb bleep submissions. Right now, I think Costco has been winning lately. Pretty sure he's been just cleaning up, except for last week. We'll see about tomorrow whether or not he's going to win again. Most of what we're going to talk about today is going to be this Inflation Reduction Act. And it would go for Dumb Leap of the Week, but it's too important for us to only spend a few minutes on like we normally do. Maybe it will get a mention as a submission tomorrow. First, here, we've got the GDP, Q2 GDP. And, uh, you know, it, it, uh, it, it was down. So we're down two consecutive quarters in a row. I believe it was minus 0.9%. That makes two consecutive quarters of negative GDP which is a recession, I don't know. We'll have to wait for whoever gets to bestow that definition upon us. But I did bring a nice chart and graph here for everyone. I I will say, first off, I don't know that it's a recession. There are other things that go into it that go along with the, uh, the GDP, of course. And all of these times where this happened in the past, which we'll look at here in a second, uh, there there were other bad economic circumstances going on. We've got one time on this chart where we had two negative GDP quarters, and that was in 1947, and it was not a recession. Now, that is the last time that it happened. Every single other time, by the way, this chart right here from Fred, uh, every single time that we had two quarters of negative GDP you can see on the chart that that is highlighted as a recession. They highlight those in gray. Those are all the recessionary times. These are all the increases and decreases. Uh, We can look at the full chart here. This is what this whole thing looks like. You can see sometimes we dip down, sometimes uh, we pop up. Most of the time it's up, but we just got a couple of them in a row that are down. Zooming in just a little bit here, starting there at 1947 and going up to 1980 on this chart. Every one of these times, except for 1947, where we had two consecutive quarters of negative GDP, they have labeled as a recession. I'm not saying it's a recession because I'm not an economist. I'm just making an observation. So what is right now going to end up being labeled? I think it's the best economy we've ever had. As you guys can tell, everything's amazing right now. You know, we got really low unemployment. Everything's fine. We've been adding jobs. The job creation has been amazing. Maybe that's kind of the messed up part of this. They're saying, well, look at all this job creation. This isn't a recession. Yeah, well, it's not actually job creation, is it? We're just getting back to the jobs that we had before they were all artificially taken away. What's interesting here is that back in 1947, when we got those two quarters, we then ended up having like a year of positive GDP, and then we got a recessionary period after that. And that could be what we end up going through right now. Maybe we get these two quarters and then it's back up a little bit. You know, it's not down as much as it was the previous quarter. I think it was minus 1.5. Now we just got minus 0.9. So it's not down as much. Maybe we pop back up for a little bit. Things look good for a few quarters and then we end up heading down. I'm not really sure. I'm just making the observation. Since 1947, every single time that we had two consecutive negative GDP quarters, it was a recession. So we're definitely not in a recession right now, as you can tell. The next thing here, the Inflation Reduction Act. 
this headline here from Vox. Biden's agenda is, in fact, back. Thanks to Manchin. He's the hero and savior of the Democratic Party. Once again, <laughs> Joe R. <laughs> I like that. Joe R. just uh, posted a picture of our Good Morning Liberty logo, the podcast cover with Charlie removed from it. That's pretty nice. I like it. We'll see if we can get him back in as a guest co-host sometime. I don't know. So the Inflation Reduction Act. By the way, they're just talking about this today. They're planning on voting on it here in a week or two. And it's going to be a pretty big bill, a major tax hike. This is not good at all. And it's probably going to pass because Manchin's behind it. Looks like cinema's behind it. That means it'll be 50-50. And Kamala Harris probably going to vote in favor of it if I were to guess. By the way, the thing you're not supposed to do when you're speaking ever is quote the dictionary. But I'm going to have to go to it real quick. The Inflation Reduction Act. Now I realize that sometimes we have a good act and that's great. But this one is purely an act. Like it's not real. Like it's a performance. That's Maybe that's why they call it an act. I don't know. They got seven different definitions in here for the word act. And we used to kind of follow these top definitions. Like doing something. Something done that has legal significance. Statute or law adopted by a legislative body, a written record of proceedings or like that's kind of how we look at an act. But it really has taken on the the next two definitions. That's actually what we have now. A major division of a play, opera or film or a performance or entertainment, usually forming part of a longer presentation. That is the part of an act that we are in right now. This is all fake. This bill has nothing to do with reducing inflation at all. They're literally just calling it that. What it is, is a climate change bill, a green bill, green energy, clean energy bill. And they're just going to call it the Inflation Reduction Act. And that's it. There's there's literally, there's no other connections. There's a couple things in it. We'll talk about it here in a second, but that only would work if you rely on a very, very uh, terrible, faulty notion of economics like the fact that you could get something for free, the fact that you can tax businesses and that's not going to cause any prices to go up. Uh, that's one major thing that the government can spend money and it's not going to affect everyone in the entire economy. So going back to Vox here, what's in the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022? Previously agreed upon health care provisions, as well as a 15% corporate minimum tax a proposal to close the carried interest tax loophole and a provision for IRS enforcement. Additionally, it contains spending for energy security and climate change. With few specifics about that, I've been looking around for specifics. We don't really have it yet. Manchin alluded to the investments that help the U.S. decarbonize and new funding for multiple energy sources, including fossil fuels and renewable energy. That's right, they did throw a little bit of natural gas in here. All told, Democrats estimate the bill will bring $739 billion in revenue and will invest $433 billion in spending. It also addresses Manchin's goal of reducing the deficit and would do so by $300 billion or more. That's right. They're going to take in more than they're going to spend by these estimates right now. So the $369 billion in this Inflation Reduction Act includes funding for clean energy and electric vehicle tax breaks, domestic manufacturing to batteries and solar panels, and pollution reduction. From what I heard, we're going to reduce our pollution by 40% by 2030 just with this little bitty $369 billion. Well, why were we trying to spend like $3.5 trillion or whatever it was not too long ago if we're going to make these big strides with this $369 billion bill? I don't know. So I want to go through some of the specifics in it. I want to tell you what Mitch McConnell had to say about it. Mitch McConnell, not happy about this one. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. I do a lot of things to take care of my mind. For a while there, it wasn't something that I ever thought about. I thought I could just go through life and not ever think about my mental health, whether or not I was too stressed out, whether or not I was burnt out whether or not there were things that I could actually solve. But if you think about it, you're only going to get 
this one mind, this one brain, and you should really take good care of it in the same way that you would take care of your car if you were going to have to use it for the rest of your life. Don't waste any of your time being upset, angry, depressed, anxious, burnout, stressed out when there could be something you could do to actually fix it. There's a lot of things you can do, by the way. You could take some naps if you want to. You can take some time off, take a vacation. But there's also BetterHelp Online Therapy. So therapy is something I've done. Charlie uses BetterHelp still. He's been using it for over a year now. So if there's something that you need to talk to someone about, you could use BetterHelp. Now BetterHelp is an online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat-only therapy sessions. So you don't have to see anyone on the camera if you don't want to. It's a lot more affordable than in-person therapy. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com gml. That's betterhelp.com gml. He said Democrats have already crushed American families with historic inflation. Now they want to pile on giant tax hikes that will hammer workers and kill many thousands of American jobs. First, they killed your family's budget. Now they want to kill your job, too. And they say here on Town Hall, the McConnell spot on, even though Republicans have been complicit in some of the big spending ideas of the past, including the PPP program passed during the COVID-19 pandemic. One thing I want to get across here real quick is that this isn't all just the Democrats' fault. Republicans are at fault here as well. You can really, you can't really blame libertarians for it because they don't have any power in anything. But both Republicans and Democrats are responsible for this. There was a lot of spending during the Trump administration. All that COVID stuff that happened in 2020, Trump was the president. Well, that happened. Okay? So we don't want to just sit here and be, oh, look at all the terrible inflation that only Joe Biden has caused and nothing else has caused it whatsoever. They're both complicit in this. Now, Biden did then tack on, or Congress did, and Biden signed another $1.9 trillion with the American Rescue Plan, likely exacerbated inflation a bunch, giving a bunch of people uh, more money at a time when we should not have been doing that. So, of course, he is to blame as well. But we can't just say that the Republicans are going to be perfect on this. When they're in power, they spend a bunch of money, too. The deficit still goes up. The debt still goes up when Republicans are in power. That's kind of the situation that we're in now. Is it actually ever going to be possible for us to reduce the size of government? This doesn't just need to be about paying towards the debt or reducing the deficit because we're still spending way too much money. Milton Friedman talked about this a lot. He talked about um, how, you know, the real tax is what the government spends. If there isn't a deficit, let's say that, uh, let's say that, oh, here's our perfect no deficit. The government's spending $10 trillion a year, but there's no deficit. They're taking in $10 trillion. Now, is that better than the government spending $2 trillion a year, but there's a trillion-dollar deficit? Which one of those is better? He said, now I, I exaggerated his numbers he would have used because the numbers he was using at the time he was talking about it uh, are laughable right now, rounding errors in the amount of money we're spending at this time. But he would have taken the deficit with lower amounts of spending overall uh, than actually not having a deficit. As long as we continue to have the government pay for all of these things and have all of these programs, all of this bureaucracy, this deficit and debt stuff, okay, that's important. You're going to have interest on the debt and all that, and you don't want to have that deficit adding to the debt. We're going to have to pay interest on it. We know that. But they're still spending too much money. And one of the big things that Manchin is doing right now, I don't know why I, I thought for a second that he was potentially reasonable or rational or logical on any of this. He didn't want to add to the debt with, a, with any of these bills. Okay, so they got this bill coming out where they're going to pay $300 billion towards the debt, right? This one's paid for. That's no problem. That's no problem at all. But it's still more spending and it's still more taxation from the economy at a time when we do not need this. We got 9.1% year-over-year inflation with our last CPI reading, likely to be down a bit with the next reading, but 9.1%, a massive deficit, a massive debt, 
way too many taxes, way too many regulations. And in order for us to actually reduce the deficit or the debt in a way that would be beneficial to the economy and the future growth of the economy, the way that you would do that is by decreasing the amount of money that the government spends, not by increasing it and then increasing taxes along with that so it's paid for. That's not actually how you solve this problem. We're going to have to solve it by reducing the amount that they actually spend. Let's continue on to what Biden said through his press release. Of course, he didn't say this. He didn't do it. Someone typed it up. Doubt they even showed it to him. And posted on his Twitter account, which he's probably never been on. Statement from the president. This afternoon, I spoke with Senator Schumer and Manchin and offered my support. He said, with this agreement, we have a chance to make prescription drugs cheaper by allowing Medicare to negotiate lower prices, and we can lower health insurance costs for 13 million Americans by an average of $800 a year per family per year covered under the Affordable Care Act. That's definitely what happens anytime they start to make those promises. We will improve our energy security and tackle the climate crisis by providing tax credits and investments for energy projects. This will create thousands of new jobs and help lower energy costs in the future. Now they're going to create thousands of new jobs that maybe would not have been there in the clean energy sector, while also destroying thousands of other jobs in the other sectors, probably destroying way more jobs. We'll have to get a CBO scoring on this sometime. This bill will reduce the deficit Beyond the record-setting $1.7 trillion deficit reduction we have already achieved this year, which will help fight inflation as well. I love this record-setting $1.7 trillion deficit reduction. Man, is he a fiscal hawk over here. Fiscally responsible. Joseph R. Biden reducing our deficit by $1.7 trillion. And people, I think, actually fall for this stuff. I think they do. Some people, at least, actually fall for that kind of stuff. Yeah, the deficit went down. We had a couple of the biggest bills that have ever been passed through any government in the history of Earth that went through during the COVID pandemic. And we don't have those bills this year. Most of that money was spent immediately, and now it's not. But it's all in the economy, and that's why we have all this inflation. Yeah, the deficit went down because he didn't pass the bills that you wanted to pass earlier in the year. If those bills would have had support from Manchin and Cinema, then we would have passed them, and we wouldn't have had a reduction in the deficit. It's ridiculous. He's still doing this thing where he's talking about how gas has gone down for six or seven weeks in a row. I don't remember what it is, maybe six weeks. Gone down like 70 cents now. Every time it ticks down a cent, Biden is tweeting about it or someone's tweeting about it from Biden's phone while Biden's asleep. That's not going to be good when gas starts going back up. It's probably going to go back up, I would say. It's also just a ridiculous thing to do. Ooh, gas is down to 4.30 a gallon national average. Isn't that amazing? Well, what was it like a year ago? Why are we in this situation? It'd be like talking about the stock market. If Biden starts tweeting, here's, here's a good example, but it would be too obvious for everyone. He just wouldn't be able to do it because of the direction that we're talking about here. If he was tweeting about how the stock market has made massive gains two weeks in a row, we got two weeks in a row and we're up like 5% in two weeks. That's some of the biggest gains in the history of the, of the overall stock market. This five or whatever amount of percent it is that we're up. Look how good I'm doing two weeks in a row. The stock market's just been shooting up. Okay, well, down like 17% for the year still, Joe. So could we talk about that? That would literally be the same thing. But I think that would be just a little bit too obvious, I guess. What, Since he's able to uh, blame this gas price squarely on Putin, I guess that's the way that he's able to do it. We will pay for all of this by requiring big corporations to pay their fair share of taxes with no increases at all for families making under $400,000 a year. More to come on that. This is the action the American people have been waiting for. 
This is what you this is what you needed this whole time. All the, this period of trouble, this time of trouble that you guys have been going through. You maybe didn't realize it, but what you were waiting for was the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022. This is exactly what you needed. High health care costs and overall inflation, as well as investments in our energy security for the future. And it addresses all those high health care costs and overall inflation, as well as investing in our energy security. Okay, the Democrats put out a one sheet. They put out a little explainer for this bill. Here's their summary. The Inflation Reduction Act of 2022 will make a historic down payment on deficit reduction to fight inflation, invest in in domestic energy production and manufacturing, and reduce carbon emissions by roughly 40% by 2030. The bill will also finally allow Medicare to negotiate for prescription drug prices and extend the expanded Affordable Care Act program for three years through 2025. That's just the gift that keeps on giving, man. I'll tell you what. The new proposal for this reconciliation bill will invest approximately $300 billion in deficit reduction and $369 billion in energy security and climate change programs over the next 10 years. I love that. Invest $300 billion in deficit reduction. What money are they going to invest? Well, it's just this money they're going to tax away from the corporations, of course. That's what it's going to put back into it. Additionally, the agreement calls for comprehensive permitting permitting reform legislation to be passed before the end of the fiscal year. Permitting reform is essential to unlocking domestic energy and transmission projects, which will lower costs for consumers and help us meet our long-term emission goals. Climate change, emission, inflation, all closely correlated. Of course, you reduce the emissions and the inflation amount goes down as we all learned in our basic economics classes. Through this sheet right here, we covered a little bit of this already. The total revenue raised for this bill that is probably going to pass will be $739 billion. $739 billion. How are they going to do that? We're going to have a 15% corporate minimum tax. Ugh. $313 billion from a 15% corporate minimum tax. Now, as we know, most of the time, their goals for the revenue end up falling short and their projections on the expenses end up going long. And so it's probably not going to be the entire deficit reduction that they are talking about. They got prescription drug pricing reform at $288 billion. That's just a total BS ballpark estimate of what they're going to be able to save by allowing Medicare to, by force, negotiate with these drug companies since Medicare has basically, basically has ownership over this entire market. And so they call it a negotiation, uh, but it's a negotiation like where one of the people negotiating has a gun and the other one doesn't. It's your typical negotiation, of course. What's that going to do? We won't go into that too much, but we talked about it a lot in the past. Um, are drugs too expensive? Are prescription drugs too expensive? Yeah. Yeah, they are. They definitely are. They probably could be cheaper. I'm sure they could. If we didn't do every single thing through insurance, I'm sure they could be a lot cheaper. They raise their prices so they can charge higher prices to insurance, which then people just end up paying through their premiums or through the taxes that we pay towards Medicare, all of that. Are they, are they trying to get more money than they would have to get because Medicare is paying for a ton of it? Oh, yeah, that's potential. That's a potential thing. I hope that's all it is because if it actually is tied to the amount of money they need to make so they can produce new drugs and so they can create new things that none of us even know are going to exist in the future, uh, well, then that's going to be pretty bad when they lose some of that R&D money, isn't it? So that, of course, has the potential to slow down the creation of new drugs in the future. We could do other things to try and make drugs less expensive. Like, I don't know, letting drugs go through the same approval process that the vaccine, that billions of people have taken, uh, the process that that went through, that seemed to go pretty quick. Why has it got to take 10 years for everything else? We've also got IRS tax enforcement. They're going to raise $124 billion by auditing more people in the U.S., of course, 
So they're going to beef up the IRS and they're going to go out there, audit, get, scrape every single penny that they possibly can, and a measly old $14 billion from the carried interest loophole. Now their investments, they're going to invest $433 billion. $369 billion of this goes to energy security and climate change. $64 billion goes to the Affordable Care Act extension with a total deficit reduction of $300 billion. That is right. We are going to take this deficit and we are going to reduce it by $300 billion. That is $300 billion that was going to be added to our debt after the end of the year. And thanks to this bill, it will no longer, no longer be added to it. Now, of course, the revenue raise is going to be lower than what they're projecting, and their investments are going to be higher than what they're projecting. So you could say $300 billion. Ah, let's just use $300 billion, whatever. Let's just use that. Let's assume that for the first time in history, the number is going to be correct. $300 billion going back towards the deficit. In other news, by the way, they just uh, agreed on this $280 billion CHIPS Act to go towards the semiconductor chip manufacturing sector. Uh, so that seems to conflict a little bit with that $300 billion that's going towards the uh, deficit. I would say the $280 billion CHIPS Act to help with our semiconductors. Now, would it be better for us to be manufacturing semiconductors here in the United States? Yeah, I think that would be better. Uh, you know, as libertarians, we want as much free trade as possible. It's not as easy as we make it to be, though, when the people that you're trading with wish you harm. It's not quite as easy. If you become dependent on them, and then they decide that they're going to cut you off. I do think it's a good idea to be able to manufacture these things. But then we got to ask ourselves, why is it that we get so many things from them? Why is it that we get so many things from China? Why is it that so many companies have these things made in China and then they ship them over here? It's because it's too expensive to do business in the United States. Inside of this previous legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, they are taxing all of these businesses with this minimum corporate tax and taking 300 and something billion dollars that they're going to raise out of the businesses and then they're going to do a $280 billion CHIPS Act, which is going to be subsidizing chip manufacturers in the United States and just giving it back to them through those means. In effect, all the businesses will be subsidizing uh, specifically the chip manufacturers who don't manufacture here because it's too expensive to manufacture here. Now, I know what you're thinking. Well, we don't want people working for slave wages or anything. If you were, if you were actually to make it competitive, you'd have to. They'd end up lowering people's wages. I don't know what they'd lower the wages to, but they'd end up lowering people's wages. You can't have that. So instead, for them to manufacture here and pay the rates that they have to pay to be in the United States, we're going to subsidize them. With whose money, you might want to ask if you wanted to think more than just at the top level of the problem. Well, we're going to subsidize them with money that we're going to take away from the people, from their earnings. We can't just be a more business-friendly environment that allows them to pay what they can, the people to work on stuff. It's got to be a certain wage. And so instead, we're going to take money out of those people's wages and give it to the business. You see, that's where this problem comes in, where people think that you can just get a free lunch. that You can get something for nothing. You can't get something for nothing. They're literally going to take your, take your tax money and subsidize the businesses so they will work here. So they will pay you what you would be paid to work in the United States. But of course, they're using your money to do it. So are you actually doing anything by doing that? No, except for acting like you're doing something. That's what you're doing by doing that. You are acting. You are performing. This is entertainment. This is all just a play. It's all made up. They're just shuffling money around from the left pocket to the right. So the final few facts on here. It enacts historic deficit reduction to fight inflation. Now, have we heard anything about fighting inflation? What part of it has to do with fighting inflation? What was it? What's the thing? Anyone? Anyone? No? Maybe negotiating drug prices down. We'll talk about that here in a second. Maybe that's part of it. 
the energy costs. They're going to lower the energy costs and increase cleaner production and reduce carbon emissions by roughly 40%. This is going to lower energy costs by taking money from the American people and subsidizing new clean energy that is cheaper because they have made the other forms of energy artificially expensive. We're going to cap the out-of-pocket cost with the drug drugs with Medicare at $2,000. It's going to lower the ACA healthcare premiums for millions of Americans. Those people are going to have lower premiums at no cost to them. It's just going to be lower premiums, right? It's going to be lower premiums, right? At no cost to them? I don't know. Do they have taxes involved in their life at all? Because someone's going to pay for this. You're not going to get it from nowhere. Are we going to oh, we'll print the money? We don't have to worry about that. We'll just print the money to do it, right? Okay. We got inflation. Everything you pay for is more expensive. You can't get something for nothing. This is, <laughs> they're literally just shuffling money around in a way where they can act like they are doing something to help people and people fall for it. They're going to make the biggest corporations and ultra-wealthy pay their fair share. This 15% minimum corporate tax, they're going to be paying their fair share. This will be bad. So the way that they're going to do this is, yeah, it's still going to be on your, on your profits. But what you're allowed to do is you're allowed to take deductions, of course. Maybe you made some big investments. You know, take your R&D. Maybe you made some big investments. You can take that off of what your taxable income is and reduce your tax burden. And that's great. Well, if you're like Amazon or whoever it is that's been putting all this money into their investments, well, they're able to reduce what their tax burden is going to be, sometimes down to zero, of course. Well, now they're going to set the 15% minimum tax. You're not going to be able to take those deductions and use them to take your tax rate down below 15%. That's going to be bad. Tell you what, that's not going to be good for a lot of these companies. Now, they will probably, we don't have the details on this still, remember, but we're still going to vote on it here pretty soon. We don't have the details, but it's going to be uh, very, very important to the economy. It might, in fact, save the entire planet, and it's what the American people have been waiting for all this time. We don't have the details on it, but we're going to vote on it really soon. And it's going to be good, I bet, for sure. So, these companies are allowed to take their deductions like anyone should be able to. Now, they're probably still going to allow for you to spread those deductions out over time to make sure that you're paying 15%. And you might think, well, okay, they still get to take the deductions. So they're going to reduce it down to 15%. They just won't be able to go down lower than 15%. Well, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is inflation. We got 9.1% inflation right now. A dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow. If you spend this money, this year, you want to be able to reduce it from your tax burden this year. That would incentivize people to invest as much as they possibly could in growing their businesses. But when you have to spread that out over the next five or 10 years, well, just imagine inflation, it's increasing the amount of money. Your profits, uh, dollar figure, are going up because there's more money in circulation. And you had this amount that you can carry over for your deductions for the next year. And now your profits keep going up with inflation, of course. And now you're deducting this amount that in 2020 looked like a pretty good amount that you could deduct. But now that same amount in 2030, when you go to deduct it, well, that's not near as much of a deduction, is it? So that's not good. This is going to hurt business investment. It's going to hurt the R&D for sure. And I don't think it'll be awesome for the market, even though the market's been having a really big day. But they're having a big day because we got our GDP number and it was negative, which means the Federal Reserve is probably going to slow down on hiking their interest rates. I told everyone, I think last week, uh, that if we got a negative GDP number, we'd probably see a big spike in the market afterwards because that means the Fed is probably going to lower their rates less. And then they've got this other thing. There are no new taxes on families making $400,000 or less and no new taxes on small businesses. They're closing tax loopholes and enforcing the tax code. I'll address one quick thing real quick. So this is the Inflation Reduction Act. Now you would think that you would go towards things uh, like fighting inflation. 
That would be one of them. And if you're going to reduce inflation, one of the last things you would do is raise taxes on a bunch of businesses and spend a bunch of money in the economy. That seems like it would be like way down at the bottom of the list. Top of the list would be things that would like solve the problem, like spending less money. That would be one thing. But not that the top of the list would be doing the thing that caused the inflation. That wouldn't be like at the top of the list of ways to reduce inflation, but apparently that's at the top of the list right now, whatever. Now they're talking about reducing inflation. And then they talk about this Medicare negotiating drug prices. Now this is a prescription drug plan. This needs to be separate. This doesn't need to be involved with reducing inflation. And I mean this uh, kind of just literally statistically with the inflation numbers that we have right now. I'm not saying that uh, that prescription drugs are not too expensive. I'm not saying that it wouldn't help if the prices went down. But the price of prescription drugs has nothing to do with the inflation numbers that we have right now. You know how I know that? Because the numbers are out there. So if you look at prescription drugs on the screen right here, year-over-year change, this is June to June, 2.5% inflation for prescription prescription drugs. Now the overall number is 9.1%. We got massive numbers in other sectors like gas prices, of course, rent and food prices, all that. 2.5%, which is about normal for prescription drugs over this time. So those have not been a source of the inflation. Those actually haven't gone up very much during this time. And then on top of that, that 2.5% inflation for the prescription drugs is only a 1% weight inside of the overall inflation number. So if you were to take that down to zero and there was no inflation, I'm not even sure you would get a change in the CPI number that we have. You might be a little bit. Maybe you would, instead of 9.1, it'd be like 9.08, 9.075 would be the number that we have. So that's not actually addressing the inflation number that we have right now. Is that potentially going to lower cost for goods, right? You know, going to lower cost for goods when it comes to prescription drugs? Yeah, it could. It could, but it's also going to have the negative side effect of decreasing the amount of new cool drugs that we're going to have access to. Now to the other part that they mentioned, which is the no new taxes on families making $400,000 or less. So this comes from the NBER, the National Bureau of Economic Research. The study was done in 2020. Now here's the problem. When you tax a business, I think we know the answer to this. When you tax a business, who pays that tax? Who is it? Who's the person that pays that tax? Now people on, on the left or whatever this ideology is, I would say people on the left and the right will think this way mostly people on the left, will think that like the owners of the corporations pay it or the shareholders pay it. Jeff Bezos pays the tax. That's the person that does it. But that's not the case. The people who buy their products pay the tax because a tax is an expense for the business, just like shipping, just like materials, just like labor, just like everything else. It's just another line, another line item on the sheet. Taxes. And so they didn't pass on the cost of that. And they pass it on between three different people. And we'll go through a little bit of the study. Uh, before we go through some of this, I'll just show you. You guys know I'm always going through Milton Friedman videos all the time. Let's just hear from Milton on this exact subject. Well, let me look at first problem. Can you tax business? What's business? There's no business to be taxed. There are people. Only people can pay taxes. Can I tax this floor? Can I tax the building? The building can't pay taxes. Only people can pay taxes. So when you talk about a tax on business, it has to be paid by somebody. Either it's paid by the stockholder, or it's paid by the customer, or it's paid by the worker. There's no other way it can come from. There's no Santa Claus, no tooth fairy, that's going to provide a source by which the government can spend money that doesn't come from somebody. Somebody has to pay. And yet, over and over again, you hear the claim, oh, we must not increase taxes on individuals, we'll increase taxes on business. 
if you look at the taxing corporate profits, the distinction you have to draw is between who writes the check and who fundamentally bears the cost. It may well be that an official of a corporation writes the check for the tax on profits. He writes the check, but who pays it? He doesn't pay it. He may be writing a check for $10 million. That isn't coming out of his hide. Where's that $10 million coming from? It has to come from the proceeds of the goods and services which the enterprise sells. And that $10 million is $10 million less available either for cutting prices or for paying wages and salaries. The tax is borne by people. And for this reason, I must say, I have always myself been strongly in favor of eliminating altogether the tax on corporations. So it's open and above board that you are taxing people and that you do not conceal that fact by appearing to tax corporations. So that's the problem that we're in right now. People seem to think that we're going to be able to just get this money from the businesses. And then whatever the expenses, whatever it is that we're paying for, we're just going to tax the businesses. We're not going to tax the people. People don't want to pay higher taxes. They're not really, they're not, I don't know if we'll ever talk about raising taxes on people who make under $400,000 again. But that's what they're doing. They're still raising taxes on people that make less than $400,000 because those people buy things from businesses. And the businesses getting charged the taxes are just going to raise their prices. And we keep trying to conceal the fact that there is no free lunch. That you can take money from the businesses and that it's not going to affect any of the people that work for them or the people that buy things from them. This study right here, Corporate Taxes and Retail Prices from the MBER. They study the impact of corporate prices on product prices using their surveying administrative data. They find, I'll just give you the summary, that 31% of the corporate tax increase falls on consumers, which is something that the CBO and the U.S. Treasury do not take into account. They say they talk about whether or not it falls on the shareholders or on the workers. They do all accept the fact that it does fall on the workers, by the way. That's still another thing that people don't talk about. A couple things from this. As an accounting fundamental, higher corporate taxes must result in lower payments to shareholders, lower wages, or higher product prices. Okay, it's going to be one of those things, just like what Milton Friedman was just saying. It must result in lower payments to shareholders, lower wages, or higher product prices. Now, what people on the left will think is that it's all going to be lower payments to shareholders. You'll tax the business, and it's going to be lower payments to the people who own the company or who are invested in the company, getting dividends or whatever else it is. And that it doesn't affect anything else at all. It's just those people. But why would that be the case? Why would it be the case? They don't do that with any other random expense that pops up. They don't care that it's a tax. It's just another expense that they have to pay. It's like the price on shipping goes up. Is that just borne by the shareholders? No, it gets separated out between everyone. Actually, it's basically in, even in thirds between those three people is what this MBER study found. So they talk about how the CBO says that uh, the, the corporate taxes don't affect consumer prices, but they basically say it's just the owners of the capital and through the workers. They say that 75% of it is taken on by the shareholders of the company, 75% of the tax increase. They don't look at whether or not it affects the prices. The U.S. Treasury, once again, just looks at shareholders and the workers and I believe they split that out between 42 and 58% between the two of them. But the MBER in 2020, and this was a crazy detailed study, by the way. You know, we, we all became doctors and stati statisticians between the, uh, the last, you know, couple of years with COVID and all that. Uh, and I will tell you, this study right here was one of the most complicated ones I had read. A lot of stuff going into it. Their analysis reveals... A striking result that approximately 31% of the corporate tax falls on consumers through higher product prices, with the capital owners being a similar amount. So they find 
that the incidence, the effect on consumers, workers, and shareholders is 31, 38, and 31. So 31% of it is taken care of by the consumers. 38% of it is taken care of by the workers. And 31% is taken care of by these shareholders. So the consumers and the workers, by the way, a lot of those are the same people, aren't they? A lot of those people are the same people because consumers also work places. Workers also consume things. Of course, shareholders, they, they consume things as well. But right there, you got 69% of whatever the tax is, is not just taken on by the shareholders of the business. It's taken on by the workers and the consumers. If people understood this, if people would actually accept this fact and think about it, just think about it for, for a minute. Do you think it would be so easy to just talk about how we're going to tax corporations and they're going to pay for everything? If they actually accepted this fact, if they knew it, maybe they haven't seen the data, maybe they just have seen the data and they won't accept it. If they would actually accept this fact, would it be so easy to pass off all these corporate tax hikes like they're actually going to only be borne by the shareholders, the owners of the company? No, of course, we're all going to pay higher prices. So this Inflation Reduction Act is going to put money towards green energy to reduce emissions. That's essentially what it is. Uh, Basically all of it going towards that. They're saying that they're going to be able to reduce the prescription drug prices, and they may in fact be able to do that, and we will bear the cost of that as well through not having more advancements in our medical care. And then it's going to increase prices the, I don't remember, it was almost $400 billion they were talking about getting from this tax. Basically, $300 billion of it, $280, billion of it, is going to be paid for by the people. Prices will go up. Wages probably won't go down, but they will not go up the amount that they would have. And we see this thing about how real wages have been declining because prices have been going up more than the wages actually have been. This is a good example of how that happens. This pushes up the prices of the items and it depresses the amount that the wages can increase as well. We'll go on to a couple of dumb things that have been said so far about this. Joe Manchin, he tweeted about it, said, we must be honest about the economic reality America now faces. That's why I'm proud to support the Inflation Reduction Act of 2022, which will address record inflation by paying down our national debt and by lowering energy and healthcare costs. I don't think I emphasized it enough, but they're talking about paying down the national debt at the same time that they just passed a semiconductor bill that is the cost of the amount that they're talking about putting towards the national debt. Can, has anyone been mentioning this? I guess we just have accepted that that was a cost that we were going to incur, and now they're going to raise the taxes and put it towards the debt, and now, oh, look, we just saved money. Look, isn't that amazing? We just saved money. Here we were. We just, I just went out there, and I decided I was going to spend $300 billion extra on something. And since I didn't have it, I just decided I was going to take it from you guys and put it towards that. And look, we all just save money. Isn't that amazing? Even though that brings us back to even before those two bills went through, you guys see how this works. It's an act. It's all an act. So if you were going to actually do this, you would actually decrease the amount of spending that the government's doing. That's the only way to actually do it. It's not about taxing more money than you are going to spend inside the bill. That's why Manchin jumped on board, plus they gave him a little bit of natural gas subsidies inside of this. It's not about taxing more money than you're going to spend because whatever they're taxing out of the economy, we are all going to pay for that. They actually have to decrease the amount of spending. The real tax is the amount that they are spending. That causes the inflation, of course, 
that takes away all of our productive, that takes away the money from the productive sector of the economy and puts it into the extremely non-productive sector of the economy. And I'm not talking about this fake reduction in spending that we had this year, the $1.7 trillion compared to the biggest bills that have ever happened on planet Earth's history that we know of. I'm talking about actually reducing the programs, the bureaucracy, all the stuff that we have. And that's how you would actually fix it. Kyle Griffin, who works for, I think it's MSNBC, I can't remember which one it is. He says the Inflation Reduction Act lowers energy costs, increases cleaner production, and reduces carbon emissions. It allows Medicare to negotiate drug prices, and it lowers ACA health care premiums for millions of Americans. That's it. That's all it does. And those are the bullet points that people are going to hear. Those are the ones that they're going to care about. The people on the left, at least, they're going to see that. They're going to say, oh, look at all the good things this does. I bet you it doesn't cost anything. Oh, it does cost a little bit. Oh, that's fine. They're just going to take it from the corporations. So at least I'm not going to have to pay for it. It's just going to be those evil corporations that I don't like at all. And here's how you could actually reduce inflation. I'll leave you all with this. There's two lines on the screen. Two blue lines on the screen with no labels. I'll just tell you this. One of them is the money supply. And one of them is the consumer price index. Inflation, as Friedman would say, is a monetary phenomenon. We print too much money. We don't print it. We all know that. We put too much money into a computer. We spend too much money. We put too much money into the economy. It causes inflation. The Fed, the major problem. But, you know, it's not just the Fed. I don't like the Fed. I wish it didn't exist. I know that this is a result of the amount of money that they put into the economy. But the amount of money they end up putting into the economy is also a result of all the stupid policy decisions that people in government are making. So it's not just them. Sometimes they do what their job is, and they try to shore up the economy. What would be good is if the other people in government weren't screwing everything up all the time. So it's not just them, because the government, the legislators, the presidents, they put them in the position to do that at the same time. All right. All right, everyone, if you enjoyed today's episode, tell a friend, tell a family member, tell the children. If you think you learned something today, maybe be valuable for someone else learning it. So share the show. I'm serious about it. Share it. Go to the episode and hit the share button and send it. Post it on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. Go like something on TikTok or YouTube. Make sure you're subscribed on YouTube. Hit like, ring the bell, all those things. If you do all of that, and I mean every single one of those things, and if you miss one of them, I'm telling you, it's going to be bad. Do all of those things. We'll be right back here tomorrow. Same Liberty time, same Liberty channel. Until then, have a good day and a good morning. Liberty.